people dress like their boss uh, over time. There's like a gravitational pull. You 100% set a precedent. Of, we all know that you're asking this because you're trying to drive the bow tie trend and I just want you to know that I respect it. I'm not positive it's gonna happen, but I totally respect the-, the Your the next interview with me. I'll be in it. You'll be wearing a bow tie. I think it's important for leaders you know, just planting these seeds. I mean, you, this is the president of Kenneth Cole talking about, you know, you set the tone for your team and the culture, a lot of through what you're wearing. I can't represent the brand without living the brand. Hey there, this is Ben. Thanks for tuning in to Lead the Team. Before we jump in, we just broke into the top 2% of all podcasts globally, and that's largely due to the support of listeners just like you. I invite you to subscribe so you're notified when we release a new episode and also leave a quick review. Welcome back to Lead the Team with number one best-selling author and in-demand corporate trainer, Ben Fanning. On this podcast, the world's most innovative senior leaders share their top success strategies to motivate your direct reports, cultivate your top leaders, and accelerate your career. Let's get started. Here's Ben. Hey there, Lead the Team Nation. Welcome back. Today for you, I have a treat with our very first repeat guest, and he's going to deliver big. I just know it. His <laughs> name is Jed Berger, and he's president of Kenneth Cole. And yes, let there be no mistake, it's that Kenneth Cole. And he was previously a global CMO for the Foot Locker family for 10 years in North America, where the stock price tripled during that period of time. And he has entrepreneurial roots, having co-founded Dime Magazine and built the agency 94 by 50. And then he moved on to serve at that point to as Senior Vice President of Marketing for Model Sporting Goods. And his marketing acumen has been acknowledged regularly throughout his career, including being named to the SBG 40 Under 40 in 2011 and Footwear News 40 Under 40 in 2018. Jed Berger, welcome back to lead the team. Thank you. Whenever I hear anything about 40 under 40, I get a little bit sad. But uh, <laughs> this, this is not st starting out on, on a bright point, but I will, I'll come through. No, that was a little decade ago, but like wine, you know. 2018. Come better. On, that was not that long ago. Okay. I mean, okay. All right. That was 2018. Been, That's, oh, 2018. Okay. 2011, may, the first time. Yeah. I may have been like 39 in like 11 months at that point, but that's okay. okay. They rounded up for you. Well, doesn't it feel good to be the first return guest for lead the it team? It does. It does. It speaks to uh, you know. Sometimes you got to do some career change, so you get the people who've talked to you previously to want to talk to you again. Yeah, that that did pop up my um, on my radar. So you were episode seventy one, and for those, and now we're on this this we we just released episode one sixty eight. Wow, and y'all, I we're not going to cover what we covered last time, but it was a trip. We covered things like. These shoes, kangaroos and pumps, very thoroughly, and a passion for putting change in your shoe, which I don't know if it's strange or what, but that was one of the most mentioned things from the interview. Uh, people came to me on that because they all have they all had nostalgia about it because everybody remembers ruse and the, yeah. the, the quarter in the shoe. Yeah, I had a lot of people. That's how I knew ever. That's how I knew people listened to the pod. <laughs> I had so many people coming out of the woodwork and talking to me we, about that. Yeah, what, what's going on with that? And we talked about we talked all about shoes. Then we got into the CMO resurgence, mm -hmm. which is really interesting because here you are today, had, had success as CMO, but you're no longer CMO. 
you know, you kind of moved out of that and in the president's role. So maybe we'll touch on that. We talked about your strategy about playing devil's advocate, which was really practical. People can go check that out. Talked about Dime Magazine. We even talked about the hip hop nutcracker and Curtis right. Blow. Yes, that you went to. That's right. But there was also a lot of good leadership stuff in there, not just all, all fun and games. So fast forward today, you know, today you're you're at Kenneth Cole. Mm -hmm. But before we get into that, let's talk about a word you introduced me to about five minutes ago, which is shudar. And you said, Ben, I don't know if my shudar is as sharp as it was when we did our last interview because you're managing a lot of other things. But today, what is, tell us, what is shudar to you? <laughs> now that you should invent the term. So you would what, ask, what is it? What's going so on? You'd ask me what sort of sneakers I was looking at and excited about in the future. And, and so, you know, it's funny because I worked my entire career in, in sports and sneakers. So this is my really, this is the first time I've sort of been out of the athletic sneaker business. Mm -hmm. uh, Although we do have a, although we do have a very significant shoe business that includes not just dress, but does have some um, sneakers to it. And, and in fact, we actually own um, a brand called Gentle Souls, which um, is is a a little bit uh, has a little bit of a niche audience yep. for men, much mm -hmm. more popular for women. But the shoes are incredibly comfortable and they're they're amazing. Um, um, so mm -hmm. I, you know, I've I, I've I've had to transition my, my my shoe life a little bit. That said, I. Um, I love what New Balance is doing, um, and again, I loved what they were doing when I was back at Foot Inc. Um, I, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm from, I'm from the Boston area, so I grew up with New Balance and uh, what they've been doing from a trend perspective. And and when a lot of brands get hot from a trend perspective, a lot of sneaker brands get hot from a trend perspective. It tends to be in one or two sneakers, but not mm. them, not across them. the board. They're across the board, mm. smoke not because they just make great product they figured out how to, how to mix in collaborations collaborations in fashion and um so i'm i'm really excited i love that brand i love that company i love those people and so i'm really excited for them on the on so since we've taught last that the pandemic happened it's still sort of bubbling out there but we're starting to get on the other side of this thing and i my sense is people are starting to dress up a little bit more and you know, they're they're maybe they're thinking more about dress shoes than they were when they were sitting in front of their computer all the time. <laughs> what what is your perspective? And so for leaders listening today, say they're gonna get back on the road and they're thinking about footwear, what what is the like the impression they need to be thinking about coming out of this pandemic that their footwear is gonna be making? And I'm thinking about for myself too, right? Because yeah. I, I'm out there a lot more too. So what uh, this is a to this is a, a totally real question today. I'm um, a totally fair question. I mean, we're not all dressing from the from the waist up anymore, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and and yep. and we're a lot of people are back to the workplace in some hybrid environment, and some people more than hybrid right now too. Um, work travel is back, and and so and, and I think that you know the athleisure business really exploded. <laughs> um and during the pandemic and um it was big beforehand it exploded even wider and so many companies and so many brands really rode that and i think you're starting mm -hmm. to see you're starting to see an, a, a shift back to dressing dress still I, I think business casual is is a really good way to put it but people are dressing it up a little bit more from from bottom up um mm -hmm. whether that you know and and i think there is a footwear component of that um you know, and again, it's been really interesting because like where we are a brand that caters to the young professional, right? That that is our bread and butter. Um, and so, you know, we are seeing 
a uptick in a little bit of more fashion driven, but still comfortable wear mm-hmm. to work apparel mm-hmm. and um, so I, I do, I do think that there is, I do think there is a trend there. So are you guys thinking about as much as you can divulge, are you guys thinking about getting ahead of that trend now or attacking that like this? I, I think, I think one of the amazing benefits of this company is that they, and again, this is way pre-me is that we specialize in where to work. So that, so that business of course evolves as the consumer evolves. And, and I mm-hmm. think that we've been ahead of that. So, I mean, I'll, I can talk about this later, but the company has been really obsessed with putting comfort and utility into product and, and purpose-driven product design. And so everything we sell, and, and this was a, this was honestly a surprise to me. I didn't know it. I knew, I knew a lot about the social impact purpose of the product of the, of the company, but I didn't know so much about how much the product was purpose-driven. I mean, it really is from like developing reversible belts 30 years ago to um, really thinking about how pockets are useful in pants and um, how much comfort you need in dress footwear. And, you know, Kenneth branded the term technical, which was really to put technology, even if it's silent technology and is based on stretch in pants and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or, or easy to get on dress shoes. He's really focused on that for the 40 years of existence mm-hmm. and um, he continues to modernize it for the for today's consumer and today. So I mean, I don't think it's not something that we're getting ahead of. We're 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 you're we're full blown ahead of it. Okay. So when you're going through this now, I'm just trying to think like like the listeners and they're thinking about their team and they're thinking about getting people together and they say business casual. What do like me? And I'm, I'm thinking about a moment where you and I. This happens. This happened a lot on the show. Where yeah. people have not met, even met their team below the belt, so to speak, they are, or above this, any below the shoulders. I mean, and, I've had, I've had that happen so many times. I'm like, I had no idea that you were six foot four. You know, I mean, well, like, right, yeah. right. So they're they're going into this meeting, maybe having met their people for the first time. From a fashion standpoint, they want to strike the balance of I, I'm just guessing of hey, I am. Uh, professional yet i am um open and welcoming absolutely what what do you recommend maybe put your uh inner fashion designer on for a second and what would you recommend that they think about dressing for it for that occasion well listen these are new questions for me (laughs) Uh, and and again they're you know but i think they're super relevant to to young professionals today and i and i uh, and I mean, it goes even to the, it goes even down to the interview. No, honestly, like hmm. people, you, you know, you don't have to wear a suit to an interview anymore. You can, or you can wear a suit, but dress it down a little bit with a t-shirt. Like there, I think that the, I think that the, uh, you know, be you, I, I think that's, that's an, that's a no matter what for a young professionals is be you don't be some, don't try to be somebody else. But I think that there is a, I think there is another level of polish that people are out there looking for. Um, and I just think that the definition of polish has become broader and it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't necessarily have to mean suit and tie. Um, but I don't think it means, I don't think it means athleisure as much as it did for a moment either. Um, I think, I think that we're all looking to find that in between whether that's jeans and a sweater or, you know, or, um, or a five pocket pant, with um a pair of 
um, sneakers they made a pair of dress fashion sneakers that may dress it up a little bit and mm-hmm. um, and, and something more comfortable on top it, it, and maybe a suit jacket i mean it's it's i think that i think that there i would say that there aren't rules but i i think that the i think that most people are looking not at either extreme anymore they're looking at somewhere in the middle so not athleisure not fancy business professional suit tie and but somewhere in the middle of that now and i think that's I think that's that's totally okay. Yeah, great things for people to be thinking about because they're meeting their teams. And also, I don't know if you've noticed this, but over my career, it seems like people dress like their boss uh, over time. There's like a gravitational pull. You 100% set a precedent of how casual the organization is. That's been my that's been a way for for, you know, when I started at Foot Inc, there was no um there was no denim. And mm-hmm. the president there and myself, we were we were sneaker and jeans guys and we and we moved the organization to sneakers and jeans um I, I i by the way we all know that you're asking this because you're trying to drive the bow tie trend and i just want you to know that i respect it i'm not positive it's going to happen but i totally respect the the, the, your the next interview with version. me i'll be in it you'll be wearing a bow tie. <laughs> nah, who knows? maybe i would grow a beard like you if i could pull it off trust me <laughs> but i think it's important for leaders you know, just planting these seeds. I mean, you, this is the president of Kenneth Cole talking about, you know, you set the tone for your team and the culture, a lot of through what you're wearing. And they're yeah. saying that, you know, you saw that before and you've, and you even experienced it at foot. Well, you know, I mean, so. I also think it's important. And I, I would say this to a younger audience too. I mean, and I, you know, I, I, I think wearing the brand is important too, for where you work. If again, if you're working mm-hmm. for a brand that sells, well, I, I, I think, I think wearing the brand is important and I think being able to wear the brand. And I think, you know, if, if I can't wear, if I couldn't wear Kenneth Cole, I probably shouldn't be here. Right. And I think that, um, it fits me really, really well. Um, and that was something that, that, um, you know, leaving the sneaker industry and it was in sport industry was important, you know, because I want to be able to dress the part. I want to be able to look the part and, and not every day am I going to be wearing, uh, you know, a, a Nike hoodie and AJ ones, you know, I mean, it's, 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 you know, I, I want to be able to mature my outfit as well. And, and, and the brand has allowed me to do that. And that was, that was important to me for making the decision. Even I wanted to be, hmm. I can't, I can't, I can't represent the brand without living the brand. Hmm. I like that. Wow. All right. So let's, I got a little chill here in that one. <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, so, so let's, let's advance the conversation. I, I think we could just stay on that topic, but there's a lot of other stuff going on here. And so you just made a big, as you, as you've mentioned here, you just made a big change in your career. And on one hand, congratulations, uh, but what advice do you have for leaders who are making a big change in their career, especially ones where, uh, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I'll give you three and I'm giving you this from a, a leadership perspective. Um, I know this one sounds simple, but, um, I I think you have to let people get to know the real you and you have to make the time to get to know your people. Um, I, I don't think I'm executive Jed and parent Jed. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I really do try to be the best version of me in all environments. And, and I think it's really important to show that I'm as human as everyone else. I have, I have the, I have this, I have, everybody's got peaks and pits. Um, and, uh, 
And I think being a real human is is oddly a, a, a leadership a leadership trait. I think I talked about in the last podcast podcast, but I'm a really big believer in self awareness and and humility. Yeah. Um, so that's one. Um, two, I just think we've become overall judgy very quickly and everything, you know. And so I, I would suggest reserving judgment on everything, people, strategies, etc. Um, and then three and and you know that said I, I i am a big believer in creating clarity and and empowering decision making in certain places but then willing um to be very decisive in others um the way that i think that people see leaders is they want articulated decision and feedback um but they want decision making uh, and they want the clarity so they can do their job the worst place that i think that um that you can put somebody is in a place where it's not a yes or a no, and it just floats out there for a while. That's what causes a lot of frustration. Um, so I, I, I am somebody who really tries to make decisions, be willing to make mistakes, offer clarity. Uh, so, so people can feel like they can accomplish their job. That's a, that last one's huge. And it's, I think it's scary for a lot of leaders because they're afraid of making the wrong decision, declaring the wrong vision for where they want to head or, and in the way I think about it is, and I'd be curious how you perceive this, is like it's like you did not making a decision or declaring a vision or giving somewhere direction for people to lead is worse than totally. that. And then, but you can also come back and make a change tomorrow if if dynamics in the and the environment changes. I think people are afraid of being yeah. wrong. You know, I, I think that there's I, I think that there is um probably a misnomer that comes from leaders and politics and that that there's uh, that flip-flopping is a, is a really big negative and i think that that, mm-hmm. I think that that's a misnomer i think that i i think that consistency of course is important um but but and decision making is important but we be but being willing to be wrong and make mistakes um is is really important and then the the back end of that is being able to admit them and course correct. And, um, I, I think that like, you know, I've made some recent organizational changes to the, to the, um, just to the way that we're the way that the org design is set up. And I made it very apparent to the team that like, listen, not everything here is going to be right. And, you know, and, and I'm learning too, and we're going to learn it this together and I'll admit when I'm wrong and, and, and we'll, and we'll, we'll fix it. And, and again, like, you know, great leaders, I think have to be, have, the confidence to make hard decisions and the willingness to be wrong and then the humility to admit that you're wrong and uh, evolve the decision that you made what's your approach to to avoid having people say yes jed because last time we talked about playing the devil's advocate yeah and you were you were in the room as the cmo with other groups as you, and you told some great stories about doing that. Yeah. Now it's a little bit different because you're a, in, in a different role as the president. So how are you approaching, I guess, bringing that challenging mindset perhaps, but also not everybody say, shit, that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's absolutely go do that right now. Listen, I think that's a fantastic question. Um, I think first of all, like one of the things that I 
the one of the things that I learned at Foot Locker Inc. was how to influence decision and how to bring people along. So I don't think that's necessarily changed. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, a decision needs to be made, and I'm not afraid to make that decision. Um, mm-hmm. But um, and, and but again, I I have no problem, and I've made I I want people to challenge. I I want healthy tension. Um, I I I think that I am a real I'm I, I'm I would like to believe I'm very approachable. Um, but again, I have to be willing to tell people that I have to be willing to say, listen, I have no problem with healthy tension. I have no problem with being challenged. Um, and, but just know at the end of the day, somebody, a decision needs to be made. And even if that decision isn't the one that you, you wanted, um, we all have to hold hands and move and move forward. There's no Monday morning. There's no Monday morning quarterbacking or blaming. We all move forward and try to make the best of the decision. And then we collectively we go through it and we see how it's doing. And if we have to make changes along the way, we do it. But but we're not here to point blame. Um, we're here to we're here to have healthy discussion, healthy dialogue, get to get to the best idea that's on the table and move forward. Great together. advice there for leaders. To one that you say, be willing to articulate it. Do not assume that your team is okay challenging your ideas, especially if it's your idea. <laughs> they and I think some people naturally gravitate towards that, but I think the majority do not. And so by expressing, hey, this is the expectation that you feel comfortable and we'll do that. But then what you just said, you actually walk them through how to go about doing that and then say, Hey, at the end of the t- at the end of the day, even if you disagree with the coach, this is the player we're running and if it doesn't work out. Well, let's work together to figure out a way forward after that. But for now, yeah. let, let's go with it. And, and one of my pet peeves is honestly, um, people who state problems and don't offer solutions and, um, you know, and, yeah, I, uh, a person I used to work with had a floor mat that said, "And your solution is dot dot dot," and that's how what it said. And as you as you uh, as you when you walk into his office, and and um and so I I don't I want people to be problem hunters and problem solvers, you know, both and solution finders. So I I think that like and I, that has to be encouraged, right? I want people to feel empowered to to solve problems, to come up with ideas to be creative in their problem solving and to have dialogue. And, you know, so I, I, I think that that's enough. I mean, it's just, it's, it's not everywhere. And Mm -hmm. uh, that takes some coaching with some people. Want to boost your productivity and decision-making get vital insights from each episode delivered directly to your inbox, a great resource, whether you've listened to the episode or not go to benfanning.com slash insight. So what did you learn in your background as CMO and as an entrepreneur that is helping you make this transition to president? And I suspect that um, your workday is different now in terms of how you're thinking about things. So what's, what, do you, what are you relying upon from your background to make you, help things be successful there? Yeah, I, th- I think this is a great question. And because I've been very outspoken. Uh, um, on the, on the CMO roles and on the CMO role and the, the sort of the misnomer that marketers can't be PL leaders or presidents or CEOs. All the marketing people just spend the money, right? That everybody else is making. Yeah. I mean, again, <laughs> again, I mean, but those are all the, those are all the sort of the, there's plenty of marketing jokes out there, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and, and, um, 
And I think that those jokes probably came from some historical examples, but that's not where that's not where it is today. And the and you know my 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 opinion is the best leaders are cross functional experts. Um, they have vision. They see big picture strategy in addition to tomorrow's P and L needs. Um, they know how to communicate. They know how to sell in ideas to many different types of people. Um, they can quickly take unstructured thoughts and formalize and structure them. And I think that they're and that they're em- empathetic. And I think those are things that I became uh, very good at in my role as CMO. And I've I've found that to be very transferable in mm-hmm. in my current role. What resources, relationships, or helpful tools are you relying upon now to support yourself during the transition? People. <laughs> um, you know, there's no technology answer on this one. It's people. Um, the people here are amazing. I, I've been incredibly appreciative of uh, the amazing talent and value of human beings that we have working here, including Kenneth. Uh, including mm-hmm. including our partners um people who i've worked with prior have been amazing i you know i've worked with a lot of people who have been in my role um as president or um or in other pnl leadership roles and and they've all been they've all answered the phone they've been fantastic and and you know i have a, i have amazing friends and and i think you know i think everybody wants us to win and so i think there's been really great partnership and intention from um all the people that i've surrounded my surrounded myself with in my life how, how do you think about trust because you're coming into a new a new environment and i mean you had a, a decade with with footlocker and you had relationships there and you know you, you built that over time you're coming to a new role where you're not you know you're kind of like i guess like like footlocker you're already starting towards the top now you're at the top how do you know who to trust? Because you're meeting people for the first time um, and you're still responsible for financial results and PL results on day one, even though you don't know everybody yet. Yeah. I mean, I think it gets back to the thing where I'm not judging one way or the, I'm not here to judge one way or the other right away at all. I mean, I'm, and mm-hmm. I'm here to, I'm here to uh, you know, again, I, I'm, I want to get to know people as humans and I want them to get to know me as a human. And, um, and that's, I think, part of developing trust. And and then also be just, again, I, I want, you know, I think, first of all, I, I want people to trust me. <laughs> you know, so forget <laughs> trusting them for a second. I want, I, I, I want them to trust me. And so that really um, comes from being approachable and having real conversations and asking a lot of questions and both professionally and personally and um, having town halls and articulating my vision and rinse and repeating that over and over and over again, because I really want um, people to hear uh, where strategically I want to take things and incorporate their thoughts and feedback. And um, so again, I think it, the first thing is, is, is them trusting me. Um, that's a, that's think, a cool twist on the question. Yeah, I think I, a lot I, of the leaders like, who do I trust? But wait, if people don't trust you, it may not matter. Who you trust? Yeah, you got to start from that. From that of, point of view, these people are experts. They've been doing their jobs for a long time. A lot of people have been here, um, here or other companies for a really long time, and doing amazing things with amazing success. And you know, I'm the one coming in. <laughs> I'm, I'm the one. I'm the you're one, the new guy. 
I'm the one stepping in from the outside, you know? So, you know, the first things first is that, again, I want them to understand who I am as a person, as a leader, and as somebody who can contribute to their success. Because at the end of the day, they they want personal success and personal success comes with company success. And they want to know that the leader that's coming in is going to provide that for them. What's been the biggest surprise since you started over at Kenneth Cole? Um, probably two things. One is, you know, I really didn't know that that Kenneth was and that Kenneth and Kenneth Cole was a purpose-driven company. I knew Kenneth was an activist and an advocate and always and always had been. I, you know, I knew about his AIDS and HIV research work in the 80s, and I knew about him being a um a a huge advocate in the right to choose movement and anti-gun violence. And now, and I, and I had done enough research to know about his amazing commitment to reduce the stigma on mental health. He's the chairman of the mental health coalition. So, I I mean, I I knew that and, um, and I was excited about that. I really was being, you know, I, everybody, I I mean, being at a purpose-driven organization that aligns with your values is something that we all dream about. Um, Hmm. I, I, like I said, I actually didn't know how much, purpose-driven utility was built into every product. Uh, you know, I just didn't know that, you know, not that I, 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 you know, that until I started learning, um, the company is obsessed with product differentiation and to make young professional lives better. Mm-hmm. You know, again, that's like, I didn't know that every pair of denim had stretch in it, that, um, that, that there was so much thought putting, <laughs> going into how women put on footwear and what, mm-hmm. and what it feels like, not just from a, from, getting on your foot but even to the touch of the hand and i didn't know about i didn't know about technical and comfort technology and so it's pretty brilliant and um and that was really a, that was great for me because it was easy to come and really stress the message that everything we do is on purpose whether that's from social impact to product design and we need to to let the consumer know that so that was um that was a that was a a, ple- a really great surprise and then i, I i've been I think personally, I've been really surprised about how transferable my Foot Locker Inc. experience has been. Yeah. Um, you know, we're gonna I, see some Kenneth Cole high tops that are pretty sweet. <laughs> no, <laughs> just kidding. by the way, yes, but no. Uh, <laughs> none of our none of our none of the ch- the business challenges here or opportunities here have blindsided me or things that have overwhelmed me in any in any capacity. I uh I I think a big part of that is that when you're in when you work for foot. Foot Locker Inc. You're working with so many brands, and you're a huge part of, uh, mm-hmm. of their brand building and their product building and their business building. So I've seen so many brands in different state in different places in their stages, and worked with them and helped them. So um, I guess one of my bigger surprises is that I really feel like I know what I'm doing. Uh, wait, <laughs> wow, this is amazing. Know? So um, yeah, it is different because Kenneth Cole's more vertically integrated versus. You know, you're working with everybody. I mean, tons and tons of companies. So I guess you're working more internal. Yeah. And at Foot Locker, you were constantly working externally, right? With uh, all. And there are problems. And there are problems everywhere. You know, and and um, <laughs> and they're not that different from each other. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I, you know, I I think that like being able to to hear them that may seem sometimes overwhelming from the inside and being able to come in from the outside and be like, okay, guys, cool. I got like, I, I, we let's talk about it. I, here's mm-hmm. where we need to build some formality into that, into that. And this is, here's how we need to change some things over here. And like, I hear you, let's think about doing it this way. I mean, there's just, you know, it, again, like it hasn't, the, the, mm-hmm. it hasn't mm-hmm. 
hasn't really stressed me out. It would feel like, I'm curious from your standpoint, it would feel like I worked for vertically. I used to work for Russell Athletic years ago. and We're vertically integrated. And there were problems with that model, but there are a lot of benefits to it because we can make we could change so quickly because we knew we knew so many people throughout the supply chain and we all kind of reported into one entity uh versus when i worked at some other i worked at retailers and whatnot working with a lot of different people sometimes it was like moving the changing the titanic but or moving the that's not a, that's not a good word to, the titanic's not a good description but like moving a big boat because there were so many external parties that we we're working with what's your what's your take on that uh differential or difference yeah, I, I I don't know. I think that I think that the Foot Inc. experience really did did help with that because it's retail, but it's brand building and it's direct, mm-hmm. direct to consumer involved. And we had private brand that we were building, and so I think. And and again, I always looked at my I, my career there was very much beyond just just marketing, and I, and so I've had the experience in in just many different facets of strategy and and digital and product development and <laughs> so i mean i've just been in i've just been research and data and i've just been really involved in a lot of places within the within within the, the portfolio of the footlocker inc family and then the brands that we sold um and so i just feel and it was a big organization it was very cross-functional so i just mm-hmm. I, I just i found myself there hasn't been too many things that have been thrown at me that i've that have felt that there wasn't a process or way to get to a solution that I could help everybody get to. How have you seen uh, the the first part you talk about purpose driven? If you go like, how does it show? I'm curious in staff meetings, if people are throwing out ideas and someone's saying, well, how is that going to help them move better? Or, I mean, how, how does the, how are people asking questions and thinking about Kenneth Cole products to ensure that they're prop uh, purpose driven? At the end of the day, you know, Kenneth is still the, the, the creative director of the organization and he leads with in a obsession about, about purpose, utility and, and differentiation in product. I mean, that's just who he is, is that it, you know, and so we talk, all, we talk all about all the, all the, in every single product conversation that we have, it's, we talk about how is this adding to people's lives and what makes it unique. And those are the, those are the first two questions that we ask mm. and and he leads that and again i'm not here pretending to know everything about about product design and fashion um and uh i think part's probably part of the reason that kenneth and i balance each other so well he's the he's been in this business for 40 years he's brilliant and 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 um um but he the first question he asks at every product meeting and with our product um design and direction team is 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 what makes it unique and what adds to the person's life about the about the product. Well, first question, y'all. Think about that. All right. So starting to wind this up here. When you leave Kenneth Cole one day, which could be a very, very long time, what are you hoping that your legacy will ultimately be? Well, you know, I mean, I think from a business perspective, I'm I am a growth driver that's uh, that is what i'm about i'm i am here to to drive business growth um and i will do that um and that will and you know of and that's what i'm hired to do um another triple 
triple increase. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I also want <laughs> the expectation is higher than that though. Jen. I went to baseball, but yeah, I got you. Um, I also want the brand to deliver to the great social impact um feats that Kenneth mm-hmm. wants to achieve. And I love that mm-hmm. about I want to change. Um, I want to change lives. Um, you know, I I love it how he um I love it how he talks about um um both product and social impact. I in fact that um you know, from a product perspective, he always talks about product on purpose and purpose and product. And I I I I love that idea. Um and then you know and, and he always and then he also um layers that in with it's not just um it, it you know he it's really about how the product makes you feel and um from and 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 we're in the, and we're in the feel good business so again i really want to carry out his mission and um and make people feel better both from a from a both a social impact and a product perspective and then i think from a uh, an our people perspective i i i really um I, I am a people person and i'm i i'm a i'm a big believer in in um in in, in making our employees our people's lives better mm-hmm. uh and that means more balanced that means that they're gaining more learning and that means that they're having more success in any way they define that word and sometimes that will mean that success i hope is here but if if they go on to do amazing things other places and and we and we and i helped get them there i'm i'm almost as equally as happy because and so again i want to make our people's lives better i really like how you broke that into three parts there's the financial piece there's the purpose piece and then the people piece or yep. maybe you could make it, you could make it three P's instead of financial, say profit, yeah. profit, purpose, people. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a, a three part. Thank, so, thank you. Can I take that? Can I borrow yeah, that? Yeah. Go with that. That'll be uh, hopefully helpful. <laughs> so Jed, what a fun interview again. Oh, what's yeah, your, what's your parting thought for, for our, our listeners? What's that? I, del- I delivered for you. You delivered. I did not uh did I did not doubt that. And by the way, when I said triple earlier, I was I was thinking back to the to the stock price tripling. I got it. I got it. Um, so you gotta go six X now or twelve X <laughs> or something like that. You got and you don't have 10 years, so I'm sure it'll be even faster than that. Well, let me tell you my parting shot is this. I I I really appreciate your podcast because I really I I love being able to share my perspective and things that have made um, me successful and, um, and, you know, again, and that, and, and a big piece of that is bringing, bringing the full human you into everything that you do, whether that's mm-hmm. from a parenting perspective or from a, a, from a leader perspective. And, um, you, you know, again, it's not about trying to be what people paint a picture of an executive to be. You got to a place because of who you are as a human being and who you are as a person. Um, and don't, don't go away from that. Um, so for me that, that I really appreciate the opportunity to talk, to tell that story. Well, I think you a really great example of not just on the podcast, bringing your whole self to that. Cause last time y'all, we also got into your family, your, I mean, you got, you really got the full Jed all over the place. The last one, and this one, we spent a little more time on your, on your recent transition, but you're just so vulnerable and open and direct. Uh, with your communication style and I encourage people to also follow Jed over on LinkedIn. 
you're really uh, doing a nice job of getting some thoughts out there. Listen, uh, I've, and, I've, and I've, I've been uh, I've been having fun over there. I you know that it's I uh, I feel like LinkedIn is probably not the place that people have a lot of fun, but um, but you know you're, I you're pretty fun. I am who I am. <laughs> I am who I am. Yeah. So it's a great, it's a great place. You know, if, if you like Jed, you can buy some Kenneth Cole gear. Please, we won't let you down. Shoes, but you can also follow on LinkedIn. And um, you know, if you want to see something in Kenneth Cole, you can talk to Jed. I'm just kidding. Absolutely. <laughs> this is all, I can see all these direct messages. That's all right. Hey, I sure would like this stuff because it is an interesting. Um, and I was thinking about this preparing. I'm like, it's an interesting thing being in a company that does a lot of professional apparel for you know for leaders and their teams and on LinkedIn. It just seems, and I don't know if any other company that I've seen is really making that connection. Now, I'm not saying Kenneth Cole needs to go up there and run a bunch of LinkedIn ads, but it is interesting how if a CEO is wearing a Kenneth Cole shirt or a or a podcaster, I'm not saying you need to send me a lot of Kenneth Cole clothes, but if you did, I would be happy to wear those I things. I uh, but but I bet it's interesting. How, but, I was thinking about leaders, how they influence what their teams wear, just in what they go and you know wear. And I think a lot of uh, and video on LinkedIn and pictures and images on LinkedIn are growing at such a fast pace. But I don't see the influencer model there on LinkedIn like I do on Instagram and all that stuff. So and and I actually I've been. you should follow Kenneth on there too, if you haven't, because I'm, oh, and I'm, well. and I'm encouraging, uh, I've been encouraging him there too, because he's such an incredible thought leader. And that's the type of influencer that really is important on LinkedIn. And I, and I think that, that LinkedIn, I, I love it from a content perspective too. And, and there's a, some great thought leadership and Kenneth is so wise and, but also funny. And, um, and he's just got, and he's such a good human and he's, uh, and I love, and he's, he's got a special tone to him. So um, I've really encouraged him to, he's much more in the Twitter space and Instagram space, but I've really encouraged him to take his platform over to LinkedIn because we are for the young professional. And I think that, that people would really, really benefit from, from, from hearing his, what we call relentless optimism, um, hmm. um, over on LinkedIn. So I, I, uh, he said, he's a tremendous thought leader. All right. Well, I mean, people can find Kenneth Cole on LinkedIn, but we'll also put his, <laughs> we'll put a link there to to check it out. And I will too, because I think that's a, we're going to see more of that. And I think people, a lot of times on LinkedIn, it's a place where people still trust a lot of times the people on LinkedIn that, that they're connecting with. We're on some forms of social media. You don't really know who you're interacting with still. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, I think so. people, people look at LinkedIn, they're, they're, there's a much more risk. People think there's a, it's a riskier place to put yourself out there and, so I think so I think people trust it more because people are have a different intent with LinkedIn than they do yeah, on it. Yes. Mm. Wow. All right. Well, stay tuned for number episode three with Jed. That'll be coming Wait, up before too long. Be hundred episodes. It's a hundred episodes away, but we'll get there. That's right. That's right. All right, Every- Jed. Thanks for coming on, my friend. Of course. Thank you. All right. If you're an executive at a crossroads in your career and thinking about quitting. Do this before you do anything else. Head over to benfanning.com slash quit to receive a free signed copy of my number one best-selling book, The Quit Alternative, The Blueprint for Creating the Job You Love Without Quitting. You'll learn the critical questions you must answer 
before you make such an impactful decision. Go to benfanning.com quit to get this valuable resource for just the cost of shipping. Ben Fanning is a number one best-selling author, Inc. Magazine columnist, and CEO of the Fanning Group, an international consultancy and corporate training company. To learn how they can help your organization, go to benfanning.com.